You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Hey crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria, aka Lumberjack Central. We're going on day 15 of... Uh, digging out from this tornadic mess. Getting there, though. I want to talk about uh, warrior walking. Again, we've done, I think, three, four uh, podcast episodes on this. And, of course, it's in support of our program on warrior walking and uh, uh, many blog entries on it. This old school indigenous way. This old school, the original road work for our original combination men, early boxers and wrestlers. Um and it's also been that's been mighty, mighty good to me. I I wholeheartedly attribute uh, so being able to kick a couple of uh, hip replacements down the road uh, due to this uh, uh, modality. It's a very specific sort of beast. But today we're going to talk about a historical context because uh, we got a very wonderful uh, firsthand account of it from, from the uh, Northern Blackfeet uh, tribe. So. And again, we'll set a little bit of background, and we'll get to this account. And we all know indigenous tribes of the early Americas were noted for covering uh, tremendous distances in, uh, in eastern woodlands, dark plains, and the treacherous deserts and mountain territories of the southwest. Yes, many horse cultures covered these vast territorial empires on horseback, but pre- and post-horse, many were still doing the exact same vast-ranging by dint of foot travel alone. Now, these terrain eaters, or earth walkers, were not confined to some cardio-blessed cadre within each tribe. Because we're not just talking about, oh, these are the young men, or the young women, uh, Haas athletes who could do this. And uh, we're really just pointing to these outliers and going, you know, they did it. And everyone else, you know, sat around on their asses around the teepee. No, that just was not uh, the case. We see these feats of distance and uh, fleet of foot speed demonstrated across the board in man, woman, and child. I mean, the legendary General Crook during his pursuit of the Apache and the Apache Wars in America's Southwest would remark that entire villages would be up and long gone from last known scout reported locations in a mere 24 hours. Now think about that. That is entire villages. That is man, woman, and child, young and old, packed camp and were gone by the time the soldiers arrived. Everyone. That's an entire village. They could be 70 miles away from the last location within 24 hours. And keep in mind, this is all under load. You're carrying your entire village on your back. Now, this is simply remarkable. Also, keep in mind the stark, uh, the territory of the Southwest we're talking. This is terrain. Uh, this is stuff that will turn an angle. This is up, down. This is elevation. This is not easy uh, uh, traverses, people. We know this if you've been around then. Uh, these distances and speed stories are copious in the historical and a- anecdotal record. What makes them additionally remarkable, at least in my eye, is the concentration amongst the indigenous peoples of the how to walk, how to lope, how to run, how to crawl ashore, how to move on the planet. Each of this was given such fine, detailed attention. Now, when we're young, we have walking lessons in the sense that our parents grab our hands and say, yeah, they help us get at those first steps. And then we grab a hold of the coffee table and we kind of bounce on our butts to get up. All of us have been fortunate to have uh, uh, watch our children grow up. We see the same process. And after that, I do not recall ever giving uh, my daughter a lesson. And let's, let's make sure you're walking. She was walking. I think, boom, done. Lesson's done. I had nothing to do with it. She overcomes balance and she does it. And that was just not the way 
uh, for many of these tribes. It was like, you know, sure, once you get around there, then it became be taken under wing to go, now here's how we move, here's how we crawl, here's how we skulk, here's how we climb, and here's how we sneak up on someone. In essence, all were trained to move efficiently from a young age. And now it stands to reason that a nomadic people would refine the main mode of travel, that is walking, just as we pursue the newest model of car. Now, we're always wanting the newest bells and whistles on everything, and they were making sure what's the best way to do this, and often what the best way was is not at all what we're picturing when we think of, you know, someone going out for a stroll or a hike or a run. Now, let's discuss three uh, terms, uh, walking, running, and loping. And that sounds boring, right? But there is confusion among some who merely read accounts that the speed of movement and the distances covered must have been made by running, or at the very least, a sort of jogging track. Because some of these speeds and distances covered, you're going, well, there's no way that they're running. They're calling it the wrong thing. There is, this is confusion is added to by many calling how the tribes moved as Indian running. But this is a bit of a misnomer. Yes, running was used by some tribes, often by the warrior class or messengers. So in other words, we had everyone else doing this walking, this curious warrior walking. Then also they would, you know, some people would kick it in overdrive and actually would put a run in. You know, there's many games and competitions featured this sort of running we envision when we use the word run. Many of these games are captured in uh, Peter Nabokov's book, Indian Running, uh, Native American History and Tradition. Uh, Nabokov's volume focuses on the actual running traditions of the Southwest, the uh, Navajo and the Tarahumara, for instance. The Tarahumara also featuring uh, Christopher McDougall's Born to Run, a hidden tribe who were athletes in the greatest race the world has never seen. Of the two books, I would would guide you to Nabokov's. It's a bit more scholarly and uh, on point. Now, what these volumes do not capture is the other form of running, what many in early uh, cavalry uh, journal reports is, quote, that curious miles-eating lope, unquote. Uh, They're referring to the lope because it's not quite running, because we're saying it... (sighs) Again, that's what we do the warrior walking program for that we have. Uh, we put out the, 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 the 65 minute DVD plus uh, uh, print as, uh, support materials. It's a, there's a lot going on here. And it takes, uh, I mean, you can learn it <clears throat> and in 20. Well, by the time you're done, you can learn it, but you got to stay with it because we're used to putting, uh, we'll fall back under old habits and not do this at all. We've got to constantly run the checklist and get us back to the base rate. Often what uh, was referred to in the old days as running. Uh, when they're referring to the Indian running, it was actually what we would call a warrior walking, which is an incessant miles eating walking pace with its own curious mechanics. Uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning Western author Larry McMurtry combined aspects of these warrior walkers uh, from the historical record and the legend, uh, legendary record to a single character, the Indian scout famous shoes in his novels, uh, The Streets of Laredo and Comanche Moon. They're both part of the Lonesome Dove series. Uh, if uh, you're digging great books, uh, but you know, that character we're talking about being able to, to walk, it was just the, the feats of walking in the books seem uh, astonishing, and yet McMurtry was basing many of his characters upon actual uh, personages from the uh, from the the old days. Now, walking, uh, warrior walking, and Indian running. There is a vast difference between these forms of indigenous locomotion. Now, we have detailed these di- uh, differences in our program: unlettered warrior walking, the only cardio that you need for combination fighting, physical culture, and attacking the outdoors. And also stand by the fact: it sure seems that some are many of our early boxers, many of our early uh, wrestlers, back whenever people were doing these kim- tremendously long multi-round events, were using walking as opposed to running as their uh, as their original road work. Their cardio as such and now we've kind of flipped that and gone the other way and you'll see our past podcast episodes some of our past blog entries to talk about why that may be 
and why we might be wrong to uh, make a mistake not to go back uh, to this original roadwork. Now, let us move on. Let's look to this uh, one account of the Northern Blackfeet to observe an instance of warrior walking that has mistakenly been termed running. The following is from the reminiscences of of, uh, Buffalo Child Longlands. He was actually a North Carolinian of of mixed race who uh, went west and adopted into a tribe, and he observed the following. Now, his outsider status likely explains explains his use of the word running to describe what he saw. Here we go. Quote, a favorite race of the Northern Blackfeet in sports days was running from Blackfoot Crossing, which is now Gleichen, Alberta, to Medicine Hat and back. That was a distance of about 240 miles. They would start one morning and return uh, the next day nonstop and on foot. We always ran our uh, foot races barefoot, not caring to wear out our moccasins, and at the same time wishing to strengthen and toughen our feet. We would tie a buckskin band around our heads to keep our long hair out of our faces and pull off everything but our breechcloth, and we ran with our hands down at our hips. And this is, from, I'm emphasizing this, this, is still from his account, it was undignified and a sign of weakness to bend our elbows and run with the hands seesawing back and forth across our chest. After our races, we always plunged into the cold river for a swim. Unquote. Now, let's take a, pick this apart a little bit with a few points of note. One, the mileage, if accurate, is stunning, all right? That's 240 miles. Hell, even if he's exaggerating, we can cut that in half. Uh, that is studying for a 48-hour trip. Now, this is, uh, there's no reason to not necessarily believe this because we've got many uh, military accounts, the cavalry accounts, talking about they were here, and now they're over here at this particular time, and they actually had, they've had surveyors going, this is the mileage these guys are making right now, man. So uh, this was being done. Also, running barefoot is common in these accounts, either that or having a surplus of moccasins in one's pack, which is not an easy uh, commodity to replace because these things had to be made. So uh, many mountain men and scouts would also strip off moccasins uh, off of fallen combatants to work for just such long walk needed occasions. We featured one of those in a past uh, podcast or past blog uh, entry. Cannot recall which one, but you know, have a look at our blog as well. You'll find far more material than we just do in the podcast. These are once a week blogs, sometimes has two or three out of week. Anyway, when you think about this, this barefoot running or your moccasins with you, there's no art support there, right? It kind of puts our obsession with engineered foot gear into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, let's take another look at the point in there. It says running with hands down. So again, we're still talking warrior walking. The running is the one that's probably throwing uh, some minds about what they're referring to here. But this is hands down. This is referred to uh, in account and in, in account after account after account by frontier cavalry observers. This is what they're referring to when uh, when they call it a lope. This is not an awkward, stiff-armed run that might look comically ridiculous. This is actually a rapid and smoothly paced walk. And it's also, it's not what we think of the Olympic race walking as either with these, with a Rizzi uh, bend in the elbow and, and this huge amplitude of the arm swinging. Now, the warrior walking program goes into a strict detail as to how this straight arm position was utilized. Uh, uh, shoulder position is mighty, mighty, mighty key. I mean, this is everything from the shoulders set, the palm facing contralateral swing, so on and so forth. Let's go a quote again. It was undignified and a sign of weakness to bend our elbows and run with the hands seesawing back and forth across our chest, unquote. Again, that's another key observation. In warrior walking, arm amplitude amplitude never changes, and contralateral arm motion never crosses the hips. There's very important reasons for this. This inefficient for momentum forces and a bit of spinal shearing and added fatigue for the long distances aimed for. And we go into great more detail in that program, but I just love the fact that we're seeing in this historical and firsthand account. 
Now, of course, there is more to warrior walking or loping or this walking form of, quote, Indian running, unquote, than we can get into here. Now, again, we covered all in detail in our warrior walking program, but for our purposes, it is sufficient and remarkable to observe that a nomadic people put quite a lot of brilliant thought into how to move across the planet. Now, you can look at this as one hand sales pitch for warrior walking or just look at it uh, actually the other side of it because it have it is that sales pitch for it because it's been a very useful modality for me. The other half of the whole uh, exercise, the fact that we get a look into this is uh, things are not always what they appear. We see the word running sometimes a historical amount. When we really dig, we're going, oh, they're actually talking about something else the same thing holds up for so much frontier rough and tumble uh, appearances can be deceiving you got to really dig in there uh, for example here as it turns out that the simple act of walking gets turned into a warrior art and again for more information on warrior walking or to get started in this old way or other old school ways please have a look at our website extremeselfprotection.com continue to listen to this podcast like share subscribe support it and all that noise i understand it helps the algorithm gods i don't even know what that means crew or have a look at our blog and digitability i'll link all that stuff in the show notes so you can uh, have a look if you feel obliged to do so other than that take care of yourself i'm gonna go start a chainsaw well if you dig what we just discussed today uh, i'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast hell support it if you want i'm not your dad do what you want and if you're a glutton for punishment uh, just visit our website extremeselfprotection.com you'll find links to the blog all of our products and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>